0: Here's chapter 3. I want to read verses 1 through 7. And, um, read uh, the verses before us and I'll go and tell you. Um, probably won't pronounce all the names I have to read right. That's okay. And uh, if, you, if you pronounce them correctly in your brain, good on you. Uh, I'm probably not going to pronounce them uh, correctly in my words but you just you keep on pronouncing them correctly in your brain you'll be good Ezra chapter number three I begin reading in verse number one if you are able and willing I will invite you to stand for the reading and reverence of God's holy word thank you once again for being in the house of the Lord the Bible said Ezra chapter 3 verse number one and when the seventh month was come and the children of Israel were in the cities the people gathered themselves together as one man to Jerusalem. Then stood up Jeshua the son of Josadak and his brethren the priests and Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel and his brethren and builded the altar of the God of Israel to offer burnt offerings thereon as it is written in the law of Moses the man of God. And they set the altar upon his bases, for fear was upon them because of the people of those countries. And they offered burnt offerings thereon uh, unto the Lord, even burnt offerings morning and evening. They kept also the Feast of Tabernacles, as it is written, and offered the daily burnt offerings by number according to the custom as the duty of every day required and afterward offered the continual burnt offering both of the new moons and of all the set feast of the Lord that were consecrated and of everyone that willingly offered a free will offering unto the Lord from the first day of the seventh month began they to offer burnt offerings unto the Lord but the foundation of the temple of the Lord was not yet laid. They gave money also unto the masons and to, and to the carpenters and meat and drink and oil unto them of Zidon and to them of Tyre to bring cedar trees from Lebanon to the Sea of Joppa according to the grant they, that they had of Cyrus king of Persia. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, I love you so much, Lord, and I thank you for your goodness, your kindness, your grace. Thank you for the privilege to be in your house one more time again. Thank you so much, Lord, for the sweet songs of Zion. Thank you, Lord, for uh, all of God's people. Lord, how my heart is blessed to see each and every one. And I pray this morning for a little while you would hide me behind the cross, Lord, and help us as we gather around your word, God. I pray you'd bring to remembrance the things I've studied. And, Lord, I pray that you would illuminate these truths in our hearts and in our minds. And, God, we would leave this place better and we would apply these truths to our heart. And I pray, God, you'd be exalted, Lord. I pray you'd encourage the saint. And I pray, God, that you would, uh, if there's one loss this morning, though it's not a gospel message per se, I pray, God, you would reveal to them their need of you, and God, show them uh, what it's like to experience your saving grace. I pray you'd meet with us this morning. Help us, I pray. We love you and we thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen Amen and amen. You might be seated. Thank you for standing to reverence the word of the Lord. We're reading here in Ezra chapter three, verses one through seven, and uh, I I was talking to my brother about it yesterday. We're talking about preaching, and uh, we—I told him (laughs) about these verses. I said, you know, the Lord gave me some really good truths out of these verses. I said, but it's probably one of them passages when I read it, people are like, "Okay, like, all right, what are you going to preach out of that?" But I'm glad it's not up to me, Brother Thomas, to come up with something. I'm glad the Lord can produce a truth within His truth. Amen. So let me just say, a wide wave introduction, and we'll jump right into these verses. Uh, Judah had been set free from captivity. That is where we are uh, in the chronology of Scripture. Judah has been released from Babylonian captivity, and they've been released for a purpose. They had been commissioned by a king to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the house of the God of heaven. Thus they commuted, they went, they took the right path, they were in the right place. They are in Jerusalem now. they would made the long trip, the many hundreds of miles. They've traveled many months. And Brother Kent, now they are in the land of Israel. They are in Jerusalem. They were where they were supposed to be positioned. Where they were to be in position. And their next steps illustrated what they were supposed to be in Practice. Hear me, hear me well. You may be here this morning and you're in the family of God. and You say, my position is right. And I'm all good. But the truth of the matter is, is, God doesn't just want us to be positionally right. God wants us to be practically right. He doesn't just want us to be headed for heaven once we die. God wants us to live like we're headed to heaven while we live. Let me say that one more time. God didn't just want us to be headed for heaven when we die. God just wants us to be acting like we're headed to heaven while we live. So they were in where they're supposed to be in position. But the next steps illustrated in verses 1 through 7 illustrate uh, where they're supposed to be in practice. I say this morning, where are you positionally? Are you saved? Two, where are you practically? Are you walking with the Lord? Are you reading His Word? Are you speaking to God in prayer? Are you being the Christian God's called us to be? Uh, allow me to make this comparison as I already have. But uh, we have been set free from the bondage of sin. I've never been in Babylon. I've never been under Cyrus' hand or Nebuchadnezzar's hand. But I've been free from sin, for the bondage of sin. We've been commissioned. They were commissioned by King Cyrus. We've not been commissioned by a king. We've been commissioned by the hey. king. And thus we travel through this life. We're in the right place. We're in the family of God. Positionally we are said. But where are we practically? Where are we practically? We're right this morning. You're in the family. That's where you're supposed to be. But if that's all God intended for you, was for you to be saved and for you to go to heaven, He would have saved you and took you straight shot to heaven. Yes, right. God wants us to be lights in this earth. Where are we practically? The text before us records what the returned remnant did and what they truly were. If we will emulate what they were, we will be better for it. i got five truths out of these seven verses that illustrate what this returned remnant was. But I will say this after being in Brother Bill's Sunday School class this morning, so I'm going to put a preface on this. This is what they were in that moment. Brother Bill, they didn't stay this way, unfortunately, because that is the history of Israel. They didn't stay this way, but that's how they were in this moment. So I want to be a fair Bible teacher and say that that's how they were presently. But this isn't the the truth I want to point out as what they were and what we should be. These are not just seasonal things. I know Christmas is coming. They're going to hire seasonal workers. And that means they're going to work them to death November through January. And then they're going to cut them loose. Oh, that's right. This is not, we don't need to be seasonal believers. We don't need to be seasonal uh, uh, seasonal in our walk with God. We don't need to be seasonal soldiers. Uh, oh, well, You're here for the conflict or you're here for this, that, and other. No, uh, when you enroll in the army of God, it is for life. Right. Yes, sir. So I want to give you five things that they were, that we should be. What they were and what we should be. You got your Bible open? Say amen. Amen. Verse 1. And when the seventh month was come and the children of Israel were in the cities, the people gathered themselves together as one man to Jerusalem. Number One, what were they, and what should we be? They were united Amen. united they were united now, I will point this out just for uh to be biblically accurate upon returning they they did some initial things for the things of God. That's how chapter 2 ends. But apparently, according to history, there must have been some time that they set up their own personal residence and per- set up their own personal cities. But verse 1 picks up where the God story resumes and they've come together as one man. One man. And they're in one place. That is Jerusalem. Come together as one man. Now... I, I need to, I need amen here, and I won't preach it long, but I just need a big amen here, and then we can go back, go to something else. God's people are supposed to be united. Amen. God's people are supposed to be in unity. We're supposed to get along, and we're supposed to work together. And you say, well, what are you talking about, Brother Jake? I'm not talking about rubbing elbows with uh, heretics. I'm not talking about rubbing elbows with false doctrine teachers i'm talking about god's people who believe the book serve the same god walk in the same way brother jamie fighting for the same team we should be united united we should be on the the same team on the same team we should be on the same team amen God's people are to be united. They were united. We are to be united. People gather themselves together as one man. No surprise, me and Brother Kim. Well, one thing meet we, we, like talk, about, we like talk about food. We was talking about food for church. And the Church of the Living God shouldn't be fighting over I want Mexican and I want Chinese. One man, one agenda, one appetite, one goal. One drive, one motivation. What is our drive? What is our motivation? Our drive, our motivation is is to not be solely finance. It shouldn't be social. Our main motivation ought to be spiritual. Some people who come to church for social purposes. Some people come to church for um, just to say they did so. But I'm telling you this morning, we're not just doing that for those reasons. We're here for spiritual reasons. Why do we walk with God? For spiritual reasons. Do I believe living the Word of God will help you morally? Oh, yeah. Do I believe it will help you mentally? Oh, yeah, I do. I do believe it will. Do I believe it will help you in a civil capacity, make you a better person in the community? Oh, absolutely. But it's spiritual, a spiritual purpose. They were gathered themselves together as one man. One man. Y'all hear that? One man. I'm not real smart. I got me a and County education. Most of it. I got 12 thirteenths of it, all right? Y'all pick that up later. (laughs) Amen. Some of y'all, there's 13 grades. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. One man. I'm not real smart, Brother George, but one is one. One's just one. Just one. Brother Bill, it's just one. You work the same, you talk the same, you walk the same, you serve the same. Right. So it's not possible, Brother Jacob. It's not possible if you're not serving the same thing. That's right. Amen. It's not possible if you're walking, not walking the same direction. It's not, you can't do it if you're not talking the same language. Right. Yes. Come on. Amen. They, were gathered, they gathered themselves together as one man. Now, this is how the Lord gave it to me. I'm just going to throw it out here. And y'all do with it what you do with it, all right? They had a we congregation. A we congregation. Let me back. It was a we congregation, but they, not only it was it a we congregation, they had a we concentration. Not, come on, sir. A we concentration. Not as what am I focused on, but are what are we focused on. Yes. Those aren't Brother Jacob's missionaries, and they're not Brother Ed's missionaries. And they're not Brother Kent's missionaries. Those are Corner Baptist Church's missionaries. They are ours. Amen. Manor Lake Assisted Living's not my ministry, it is the church's ministry. That's right. And the Sunday school ministry ain't Brother Bill's ministry. It's our oh, it's the church's. does that make sense this morning? The choir ain't the musicians' ministry. They do help in the ministry, but it is the church's ministry. We are to have a we concentration. The same way it is at the church house, it should be in your house. Come on, It shouldn't be if it's, it needs to be that here. It needs to be that way at your house. My house ain't about pleasing Jacob. My house ain't about pleasing Macy. It's not about pleasing Tanner, Cason, or Jack but there is benefit in the home for all five of us. If the house rises and sets on jack, it's out of order. If the house rises and sets on Cason, it's out of order. If the house rises and sets on Tanner, it's out of order. If the house rises and sets on Miss Macy, it's out of order. If the house rises and sets on Jacob, it's out of order. But if the house is focused on one goal, that is being one family, we're serving the same purpose, is that tomorrow morning, we're all going to wake up, we're all going to be alive, we're all going to serve God, and we're going to keep doing this thing together. Amen. The That's good. That's good. church is a we congregation. That's what we're supposed to be. You can either have, be a we co- have a we concentration or you can have me concentrations. I've already ran this way, but let me hit it again. The house can't be about one person. church can't be about more than one person. That again, the house can't be about one person, but God's house can't be more than be about more than one person. Who's that one person? Man, that's right. Church, get trouble here. We shouldn't have to come to church wonder who if somebody woke up on the right side of the bed or not. Right. What if I don't compliment that outfit? He didn't even say nothing about my tie. He didn't say nothing about my shoes. He didn't say nothing about my special. She didn't shake my hand. He didn't shake my hand. Maybe the preacher just had to go to the bathroom. He purposely shunned my hand. No, he's going to the bathroom. You got a me concentration. We don't need a me concentrations in church. We need a we concentration. We're focusing on Him. We're loving God, loving one another. And I remember Brother Toby, my pastor, telling this story about a church, I think he said somewhere down in Alabama. And he told this story all the time, and I loved it. And I don't remember the lady's name, but she'd get up and she'd testify. seemed like almost every service. And this is what she'd testify. She would say, she'd say, well, glory, I love everybody, and I'm on my way to glory. That's the truth of the matter, amen, is <laughs> that we know that we're with God. We're united with God's people. We love God children we get along with God's people and we don't have our belly in mind we have not our neighbors belly in mind you see our belly because the belly the Bible tells us in the New Testament is the God of people's lives right. our appetites our desires and not in the physical and the food realm but in the physical realm as well uh, our, our, our God is not our, our own belly or our belly of our neighbors our, our, our God is God yes. and we're got one drive one focus one mind one mission They had a we concentration, not me concentrations. Therefore, we can call them a we congregation. We. It's not them. Them and them and them. It's us. We are part of the same family. We're joined to the same head. Uh, Head ain't me. It ain't you. It ain't your mom and them. Uh, The head is Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, we're a we congregation, not a me cong we 're not me congregates. me, right. me, 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 you know the rich young ruler, some I think one preacher called him like the seven eye monster he said, i have i 've done i've this i've that it ain't about you right. it 's about us serving him. They were united. They had one mind. They had one mission. This united congregation knew why they were there and ultimately who they were there for. Why are you here? Are you here for the right reason? And if you're here, who are you here for? Are you here for your mama, your daddy, your husband, or your wife? Or are you here for him? They were united, at least in this season. Number two, verse 2 I'm going to read the whole verse or spare y'all from hearing me slaughter those names. I did good on the first three. I did real bad on the fourth one. I guess I didn't practice it enough. But the Bible tells us in the second half of verse 2, And builded the altar of the God of Israel to offer burnt offerings thereon, as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Number one, they were united. Number two, they were intentional. Intentional they were intentional and we should be intentional they built the altar and they did so for a purpose now if you're you can be lackadaisical and just kind of go with the flow oh i guess that'll work out that way but when you're intentional, Mr. Ginger, you are deliberate. You are calculated. You are decisive. Brother Jamie, you are doing it for a purpose and on purpose. They built an altar to the Lord. Why? Why did they build an altar? To use the altar. Yes. I don't build house just look at. it. No. They built an altar to use it. Right. Nobody's ever bought an engagement ring and said, Man, I can't wait to look at this for the next ten years in this box. You buy that engagement ring to give it to somebody you love. You buy buy a a Christmas present for somebody. You say, man, I'm going to look at this for ages. No, you buy the present. When the holiday gets there, you give it away. You use it. They were intentional. They built an altar. They did it for a purpose. They built an altar to use it. And in doing, they followed God's plan. You say, Brother Jake, I'm very intentional. I do this, I do that. But the difference in our intentional and their intentional is this. It's only a good intentional is when you're doing it God's way. Yes, right, amen. Uh, we may have intentions. We may have ideas. We may have plans. But are our plans God's plans? Right, are we following Him? Are we doing what He wants us to do uh, Brother Bill, uh, these men gathered together for this purpose. They built this altar to the God of Israel. And for what? To burn, off, for burn offerings on, on their own. Fulfilling the law of Moses. I mean, they're doing good. They're doing right. That wasn't their plan. That wasn't their idea. Can I be honest with you? Can I just be honest with you this morning? Am I at church on purpose this morning? Yes. But is it my plan to dedicate every Sunday for the rest of my life to the Lord, yes. that's not my plan. Right. That's His plan. That's right. Am I going to dedicate every Sunday of my life, the rest of my life, to the Lord? Yes, that's my intention. That is my purpose. But it's His plan. Amen. Amen. See, a lot of times we say, "Well, this is my intentions," but we, Brother Bill, we never humor the plans of God. Right. Listen to me. Listen to me well. Your plans and God's plans better line up. Because if your plan is contrary to God's plan, your plan and my plan is sorry. That's right. Amen. Amen. Oh, me. They did not formulate a strategy just to talk about it, they did not gather materials just to look at them. They got the materials, put it together, put it in place, did it God's way so they could use the altar. I've tried to think about building something, and the last thing I built was a chicken coop. Uh, bro, George, I didn't build chicken coop. I built the chicken Taj Mahal. All right, I'm talking about, <laughs> amen. amen. I ain't never built nothing like that in my life. Yes, y'all will laugh at this. Uh, I, had, I mean, I drew blueprints and everything. I said, you know, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to build it that way. And, bro, then I'm going to spare myself a whole lot of two-by-fours if I build it that way. So I was going to use less vertical braces, more horizontal braces. And I am gonna, it's going to be perfect. And, man, when I went to go pick them up to move them, I was like, oh, that's why you can't build them like that. <laughs> Because they'll sink, they'll collapse, they'll, yes. they'll fall, they'll cave in. So I, so I had to back up and said, You know what? I'm not going to do it my way. Just how, for whatever harebrained I idea. I mean, literally, I had like one, one vertical piece and like six horizontal pieces come off. I was like, Man, I want to save on lumber. <laughs> that didn't work. So you know what I did? I took it apart and I said, I've never framed a house before, but I've watched somebody frame a house before. You know what I did? I framed a house. <laughs> and that's what I did. We built a chicken coop. But you know what? As soon as we got that chicken coop done, you know what we did? We just sat there and looked at it. We just enjoyed it. No. Well, we built that chicken coop, and you know, we decided to put rabbits in there. Now, Macy she would have liked to have. Y'all, y'all prayed. But she asked for some turkeys the other day. I said, no, 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 no turkeys. Amen. <laughs> no, no, ducks. Ducks. no ducks. No ducks. He's ducks are some of the nastiest creatures on the planet, just so you know. Said, the pigs are pretty nasty. Ducks are nasty, all right? Um, uh, they're both nasty. But no, we've got finished with the chicken coop. Got it done. I'm talking about, I've been out of professional construction work for years now, and my hands were black and blue. I spent more money than I wanted to, but at least I didn't spend as much money as I could if I bought my own. Brother Kent, you know what I got done when I got done with chicken coop? I put the chickens in there. there I didn't build it just to look at it and say, man, I'm a pretty good craftsman. No, I put it together, put the chickens in there, and it ain't perfect, but I made something for a purpose. You'll hear what I'm saying. Yes, they built an altar to use it. God's got a plan. We got a purpose. And if our purpose and His plan line up with one another, you know what we ought to do? Do what He's told us to do. Amen. He says, assemble ourselves together. You know what you're supposed to do? Assemble ourselves together. I, listen, I, I, I know I get in trouble for name dropping, but I'm sure Charles Stanley's not happy with his son. I'm not happy with him either. <laughs> Andy Stanley is a goon. And keeps uh, preach what he is. I'm not even sure if he knows the Lord. I thought he's crazy. Amen. Awful. I ain't gonna get all the his he's turned woke. Preachers can't be woke, by the way. Amen. The Bible ain't woke, so preachers can't be woke. You can't have it both ways. You cannot serve God and man. You cannot please political agendas and political correctness And God, it don't work. It don't work. You either gonna please God or please the world. All right, right. everybody, okay. But Andy Stanley, he is a big advocate for saying the Lord does not command us to assemble. The Bible does not say that. Hebrews 10.25 says, Forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I don't care what Andy Stanley or your mom or your grandma says. Uh, we are to assemble with God's people. God commands us to follow His precepts. You know, with the Bible, it does not say read the Bible in the New Testament. But it tells us to follow the commands of God, to walk in His commandments, obey His words, uh, Uh, Miss Christie, it may not say read your Bible, but it says follow His words. So we're supposed to read the Bible. That's right. It tells us to commune with God. It tells us to fellowship with God. It tells us to walk in the Holy Ghost. You know what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to be intentional and do it. But the big thing is, is we get caught up in our intentions, our ideas, our philosophies, our motivations, and we never look back at God. That's right. Amen. I'm gonna say it one more time. I gotta move on. If your intentions and God's plan don't line up, your plan stink. My plan stink. Amen. Plans stink. Amen. Amen. That's a good. Push. You say well, that's not very nice. I listen. I'm telling you, I, I I wrote two sermons this week and had to race a third of them because what I was thinking, oh man, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I'm just rotting away. And I got done. I was like, hang on. It's like I preaching this afternoon at the sister live on First Corinthians fifteen and says, death is swallowed up in victory. And I'm like, yeah, uh, Jesus swallowed up that death and victory. And I'm like, woohoo! Like yeah, I mean Jesus, he tasted the death right. I'm like, I'm just, man, this is gonna be fantastic. And I was like, oh wait, that's not what that's talking about. That death is swallowed up in victory It's not talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That death being swallowed up in victory is when we get our glorified bodies. Is it true that Jesus tasted death for every man? Yes. Yes. Did He defeat death? Yes. Yes. But that death being swallowed up victors when our bodies are changed. So, mark it out. I had plans on what I was going to preach, but it didn't line up with what God actually said. Y'all see what I'm saying this morning. Uh, They had a designated purpose and were interested in and committed to fulfilling God's plan. Their driving or motivated aspirations were honorable because their purpose and God's plan were in agreement. Is what you're doing today or what you're aiming to do tomorrow, does it line up with what God says in His Word? Say it again. Is what you're doing today, what you're planning to do in tomorrow, does it line up with what God says you're supposed to do in His Word? J. Vernon McGee said this, The thing that most interests me in this text is that they searched the scriptures and they found what was written. When they found what was written, there was no controversy or difference of opinion. They not only returned to the land, but they also returned to the word. There are people around the world today would die and do die for a piece of a." page of god's word y'all hear me a page of the bible just a few verses of the bible and they would state their very life brother thomas to just read the bible and be martyred for it be killed on the spot for it would do anything they could do to please the great god of heaven that they know little less than we do about because they don't have the whole bible and would do anything to obey it. And if they got God's word that said, stand on your head and gargle peanut butter, they would stand on their head and gargle peanut butter for the glory of God because God's word said so. But we got the whole word of God. We got a whole lot of Bible preaching churches. We got a whole lot of preaching and teaching on podcasts and social media and on YouTube. And there are some good ones out there, but a whole lot of them are garbage. And they would do whatever that one verse tells them to do and stake their life for it. But we have the whole category Of Scripture, and we look at it not as a book of commands, but we look at it as a book of outdated suggestions. Oh, I love the suggestions of God. They're not suggestions, they are commands. They were united, they were intentional. Verse 3 I got to hurry. I got to hurry. And they set the altar upon his bases. For fear was upon them, because of the people of those countries, and they, and they uh, offered burnt offerings thereon unto the Lord even burnt offerings morning and evening. Not only were they united, not only were they intentional, but here in verse three, we find that they were observant, they were observant, and we should be observant. They proceeded with the appropriate steps. They had built the altar, and brother built they're going how they 're going to use the altar they're doing right. They're following the law of God. But an additional motivation is brought to life. For fear uh, was upon them. For fear was upon them. Y'all see that in verse 3. For fear was upon them. For fear was upon them because of the people of those countries. They returned to Jerusalem. They're doing the things of God, Brother George. And then they immediately remembered, they were conscious of that there was a world around them who opposed God, hated God, and therefore hated them. The world hated the Jews. The world still hates the Jews. And we can say likewise today that the world hates God and the world hates the church. They hate the church. For fear was upon them. Were they planning to do, do right? Yeah. Did they do right? Did they make burnt offerings to the Lord? Yeah. But there's another variable. They did it because it was right, but they also did it because they knew they needed the Lord's help. Amen. For fear was upon them. They're, we're going to get to it in a minute. They did, all, they did the Feast of Tabernacles. They did morning and evenings. They did daily things. They just, But George, they just offered as much as they possibly could. Why? Because they wanted to make sure. They wanted to make sure. Uh, that the Lord was on their side. Right, they were observant. They knew they needed God's help. While clinging to the Lord, they had a pulse on their surroundings, which made them cling to Him even tighter. I thought about this, try to figure out how to fit into the message. I couldn't type it up, but I'll just throw it out here this morning. Uh, I think it was Brother um, Leonard Fletcher who said this many years ago, and he made the application about the church. He said, uh, in church, you can be one of two things. You can be a thermostat or a thermometer. You can either just detect the temperature of the church, or you can help set the temperature in the church. And I'm not talking about hot or cold. I'm talking about the spiritual temperature in the church. I'll say this. We need to be thermostats in the church. We need to set the temperature in the church and we need to start the praise and start the trips to the altar and start the giving. We, we, we need to be thermos at church. But can I take it another step? We need to be thermos at church but we also need to be thermometers in the world. Amen. That's right. Hear me? We, we better have a pulse on it. See what the world around us is doing. You say, Why? Well, why, why does that matter to us? We need to know how to preach, how to teach, how to witness what this world's going on. We need to, Lord what kind of mercy do we need to ask God for this week? Right. Right. you yeah. Amen. Huh? We we was praying a couple months ago, praying praying for God to forgive America for people getting mad about Christians getting mad about a satanic goat head on a piece of clothing saying he respects pronouns. Target brand of clothes saying Satan respects your pronouns. You're right. God, give them mercy. What are they going to be? What are we going to have to ask God for mercy about next week or next month? Right. See, we go down this rabbit hole of, of, of anti God things. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse. we got to have a, our post on the world, not to be in tune with the world. I don't say, well, I need to be up on date on pop culture just in case I'm ever on a game show or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> God, hell, uh, I, I would fail in that area, but I would need—I need to know the temperature around. Why? How to pray for them and know to tell God, I need Him more. This world's getting darker and darker every day, and we sure do need God. While clinging to the Lord, they had their pulse on their surroundings, which made them cling tighter to Him. The frequency of their burnt offerings, morning and evening, illustrated that they recognized their perpetual need for His continuous protection they needed him every hour of every day and that's one of my favorite songs not many people sing it page 330 i need thee every hour most gracious lord no tender voice like thine can peace afford i need thee oh i need thee every hour i need thee oh bless me now my savior i come to thee that's what they recognized they were united they were intentional they were observant look at verse four and five i can't read it all uh but it tells us they kept the feast of the uh, tabernacles with daily burnt offerings according to the custom every day required verse five offered continual burnt offering both of new moons and of the set feast of the Lord that were consecrated and of everyone that willingly offered a free will offering unto the Lord. They were united. They were intentional. They were observant. But they were allegiant or they were faithful. They were dedicated. the Bible tells us in verse 4 that they kept the Feast of Tabernacles. You say, what's the Feast of Tabernacles, Brother Jacob? It was a feast designated that they would go and they would get out in tabernacles or booths or tents and they would remember their wilderness captivity, our wilderness, a journey out of Egypt. And it was a seven-day period of remembrance and daily burnt offerings. I wish, I wish I could have, I wish, I, we, we live stream our services, but I wish last Sunday our cameras were faced the other direction. Because I don't know if y'all picked up on this brother Pierce. He talked about a church that he used to preach a two-week revival at. I wish I could have seen some of y'all's faces. <laughs> I've never been part of a two-week revival either. But some people are like, oh, no way, a two-week revival. That's how old-timers used to do that's right. Sunday morning, Sunday night well, I mean just all the way through Amen. to Saturday I'm talking about seven, 7 days in a row 14 days in a row And Amen. I'm not saying that you've got to have 2 week revivals to be right with the Lord I don't think three, re, 3 week revivals are bad or special services are bad but the picture is not the revival services is being connected to God that long Amen. some people their Christian services once a month right. yes, twice right. a month You're right. once a week one Sunday morning, one Wednesday night, one night of revival, especially if we've got dinner on the grounds. Come on, Amen. Are we faithful to God? I, I'll be honest. I know some of this is not the same. If you were as faithful to your job as you were to the Lord, would you be employed tomorrow? Amen. That's good, preacher. If we were as Faithful to our spouse as we were to the Lord would we still be married in a month. More important to be on time at the job and coming home to dinner at your house. Ain't dinner with your spouse. Amen, preacher. That's good preaching. More important than make sure you get to every uh, ball game, recital I don't know. Some people, people like study hall. I don't know. More important is to be faithful. Any of those things, we are to be faithful to God Almighty. Well, we got to go to the Scouts, brother Jacob, or we're going to sell cookies this night, or blah 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 blah. Listen, the Boy Scouts didn't get me out of hell. The Girl Scouts didn't get me out of hell. Rec ball didn't get me out of hell. Uh, middle school ball didn't get me out of hell. High school ball didn't get me out of uh, out of hell. Hey man. Uh, uh Brother Brandon, uh, the summer camp especially didn't get me out of hell. They might have tried to put me there. Amen. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is those things don't matter. And and some of those things are okay in their place. But why are we more faithful to things and organizations and peoples and cliques and hobbies than we are to God Almighty? Amen. Got a book club I can't miss. I can't miss my book club because I'll be behind if I miss the book club. But you look, church is optional. Listen, listen to me good. If you view church as optional, the people behind you will come up saying church is unnecessary. Right. That's right. We go to church unless they're in town. Mm-hmm. We go to church unless it's this holiday or this season. You're come right. On, yeah. Amen. Yes, Woo, you're good right. preaching, Brother Jacob. Preach on while. Amen. 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 Seven days. Picture of faithfulness. Verse 5 tells us they offered continually to the new moons and all the set feasts. brother Bill, it's like they got out of Babylon. They hadn't kept the law in so long, they haven't sacrificed to God in so long. And they said, We're gonna offer everything. We're gonna offer every animal, we're gonna do everything we can, we're gonna worship God, we're gonna make sure they didn't want to miss any area. Amen. Any area. Continually. And then he said they offered willingly unto the Lord free will offerings. Can I tell you something? There is one thing. There are some things that we have to do, but there should be some things we want to do. Amen. A tithe. Talk about talk about giving just for a second. Just we're on the subject. A tithe is off the top. We give ten percent to the Lord. I don't pray about that. God's commanded. I'm just going to do it. It's brother Bill. It's on, it's on autopilot. I'm doing that. A free will offering is something beyond that. Something that God puts on my heart to give. It's not always money. Sometimes it's time. Some of you never helped Bible school before in your life. And for whatever reason this year you wanted to give to the Lord. And you wanted to help in Bible school. That's a free will offering unto the Lord. Thank you for it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for it. But everything in our Christian life shouldn't be because of rules and regulations. And have to or must. I have to go to church. You're in the wrong area. That's right. It's, I get to go to church. Amen. I get to give to God. I get Amen. to give my offering. I get to serve the Lord. I get to pass out Bible tracts. I get to go on visitation. I get to help in youth ministry. I get to come to Sunday school. Amen. Can I flip it? You say, oh, wow, semantics, Brother Jacob, it's word choice. How about I flip it? i got to get off here. I have to go home to the old lady. I have to eat supper. I have to pay the bills. I have to spend time with them kids. I have to... Have to, have to, have to. It's like like you're miserable. But I get to go home. I get to spend time. I get to eat that meal. I get to live this life. I'm not just forced to serve God I want to serve God and that's what they were both of these practices testified that they were committed to the God of heaven and that they were not interested in the gods of this world Amen. brother Bill I wish I could tell you what I told you after Sunday tell them what I told you after Sunday school but I'll just go ahead and just throw it out there for the people that were in the Sunday school class they grounded up that molten that that, that gold image and then they drank it and it went in their system, then it went out their body. What what this was saying is every other God in the world they're trash. Right, right. I'm just gonna say it. I mean I ain't gonna say it, the word but one the word I said to the kid for the kids because I wanna be a little, little respectful in the house of the Lord. But the gods of this world they are trash. The God how much the gods of this world are excrement, hallelujah, yeah. amen. Our God is real, He yeah. is yeah. wonderful. Yeah. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about, read Exodus chapter thirty two and come to Sunday school next week in Brother Bill's class. Amen. Amen. They were not interested in the gods of this world. Now, i got to say this. I'm I'm trying to hurry. All this time, y'all see these sacrifices, the Feast of Tabernacles, daily offerings, morning, evening, daily offerings. Y'all notice one thing? The temple's not even been rebuilt yet. You say, well, they shouldn't have been doing it because the temple wasn't there. No, not technically. They needed an altar and they needed a qualified priest And they had both of those things. So they gave to the Lord. So Brother Jacob, what's the big idea about that? There's lessons. We can be faithful to God even though we're not finished yet for God. He's still working on us, but we can still be faithful. We can still worship God while He's working on us. Last time I'm done. Miss Macy, go ahead and come. And I'll wrap up. If I get on that piano stool, that, that sets a timer in my mind to hush. I preach long, but I ain't gonna do it. I preach longer. Make sure I don't lie. They were united. I'm, I'm wrapping up. They were united. They were intentional. They were observant. They were a legion. Lastly, they were eager. Verse six. From the first day of the seventh month, began they to offer burnt offerings unto the Lord. Look at these words. Verse 6. But the foundation of the temple of the Lord was not yet laid. The foundation's not even laid. They haven't begun to rebuild yet, Brother Thomas. Verse 7. They gave money also to the masons, and to the carpenters and meat and drink and oil unto them of Zidon and to them of Tyre to bring cedar trees from Lebanon to the Sea of Joppa, according to the grant that they had of Cyrus king of Persia. Please note, I'm, I'm done. They were doing right, but they knew that something was still wrong. Brother George, they knew they were doing right, but they knew some things were still wrong. He said, what do you mean, Brother Jacob? I'm at church this morning. I'm good. I got it all figured out. Don't lie to yourself. I can't lie to myself this morning. Am I made by mercy? Absolutely. Thank God I'm made by mercy. Thank God He's working in my life. Has God fixed some things in me, Miss Meyer? Absolutely He has. But I would be a liar and a fool to profess that I got it all figured out. Now if that's true for me. Can I flip it to you? You would be a liar and a fool to think you got it all figured out. That you were perfect. That you, you are the best Christian that's ever been. And that's not true. That's right. These were turned They were honest with themselves and with God. They didn't pretend like everything was perfect. Who, who are you trying to fool? Who are you trying to bluff? My life's perfect. Everything's wonderful. I'm the best Christian in the world. And I'm not having mental issues. And I'm not struggling with anxiety. And I'm not this. And I'm not debt over my head. Everything's wonderful, wonderful. And my life's great. And I'm perfect. Quit lying to yourself and to God. Do right to work in the areas God's helped you with already. But seek His help. Be willing to be helped. They wanted to fix what was lacking. They wanted to fix what was lacking. If it is revealed in a marriage that there is an issue, and if the issue is revealed and ignored, the issue will get bigger. But if the issue is revealed, and it's worked on, there can be restoration, there can be longevity, but if it's ignored, it gets bigger. If you have a wound and you say, it's going to burn if I use peroxide or rubbing out, it's going to burn. But listen, I would rather it burn with a, a squirt of some cleaning agent than I wouldn't let it fester and get infected and get septic. Y'all hear me? I'd rather I have to make, a, a, make it sizzle in a wound than have to get a leg cut off. Somebody help me. Amen. We got it all figured out, Brother Jacob. We're model Christians. Quit lying. Quit lying. We're not perfect. We need to be eager to say, God, you've helped me here. But God, you see. You see all God. I am deficient here. And I need your help. And guess what? If you'll be honest with yourself and with God, He'll help you. They put some effort in they invested they sacrificed they operated in their kingdom ground. Cyrus said they could so guess what they could brother Bill they could God's commissioned us God's not called us to be halfway there or stuck on so-so Christians I'm done Understand. God does not accept when, as children of God, when we say or project, it is what it is. Or I am what I am. I'm flawed, God's just going to have to take me as flawed. And, no, what you're saying is that something's missing. And you say, God, deal with it. Listen to me, everybody look the preacher. Don't tell God to deal with it. That's right, amen. You don't want Him to deal with it. Amen. You say, God, stand our feet this morning. God, you've helped me in this area. God, I'm lacking here. Why don't we be eager and ask God to help us? We don't tell God to take in and leave, but ask God to help us. He'll help us. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning. I've tried to give you my heart. Why don't you come do business with the Lord? Maybe God showed you you're at odds with somebody. Maybe God showed you this morning that you're slacking somewhere. You're unfaithful in somewhere. Maybe you're just oblivious to the world around you. God will help you this morning. Maybe God's revealed there is something missing. Let God speak to your heart. must Macy's going to sing.